Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Marky D. How you doing? We're halfway through the show. It just seems to fly by. I'm excited I'm, for this week's Sling in the Slang, mate. Yeah, I'm doing great. But firstly, what if Marcus Allen listens to the show? You just... You've just made him more motivated to go to the Hall of Fame, He can come mate. on the show. He can come on the show. <laughs> open debate. I challenge oh, you to open I'd debate. Be happy, I'd be happy to talk to any Steeler, to be honest. Like, they're, they're playing the game. They're, they're running the ball. I'm just talking about it. But, yeah, uh, wish him all luck, whatever he mate, does. But Mate, it'd be a more entertaining debate than Vladimir Putin and, and Joe Biden. I'm not going to get political, but, like, come on. Like, no one listens to those two. You'd rather listen to Matty P and Marcus Allen go at oh. it as to whether – I think that's a big big thing when the, the Steelers plays and as, as uh, fans and uh, we have our perspective, but they actually play the game. So when they, they, they might take things on in, into their heart and go, oh, I get offended by that. But in reality, they're the one running the rock and they understand that they're really good or they're really bad. They'll even, there's probably players out there that would tell you that um, I played terrible today, you know? But you uh, do. You NG do. Mark, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> but you do like, like being honest about it like even when you're uh, you're doing high school like you know sports or athletics or whatever you know when you played well or not you know you know when you played well or not so yeah that's right that's right uh boom boom shazak um i did pull that up i just was conscious that we <laughs> we move over we move over to the part one side but appreciate you bringing that up there for all the for all listeners so basically boom 
booing boom basically said that Justin Tucker is number one with 90% from field goal percentage and Boswell is number four all time with 87.9%. So a few percentage changes there. But Dutch, Tucker's had a couple more years in the league as well, I think. Um, but look, let's move on. As we always like to say, just as Big Ben likes to sling the rock and he's back slinging the rock again in 2021, we like to sling the slang. We like to talk Aussies, everything Aussie slang, terminology, what happens down under. Um, we've done a lot of different things with those over the last few weeks, but we're going to get back to the raw slang today. Marky D, what do you got for us? All right. So firstly, I'm going to bring up uh, Steelers Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh comment here. And I'm sorry, Steelers Pittsburgh, but this one's going to really throw you for a, for a laugh here. This one might do your head in. Uh, they, he says, at least he wouldn't need an interpreter. Like, I'm, I'm thinking saying us, maybe more me. Um, my word of the week for slinger slang is, Maddie. we have a sport here in Australia called the AFL. For yeah. the Australian Football League. Yeah. Now, we were in the NFL. We wear jerseys, right? You know, Pittsburgh Steelers jerseys. All the fan buys them. What do you think they wear in the AFL? They wear a Guernsey. They wear a Guernsey. Where does that come from and why? Why is Mate, it called a I reckon. I reckon there was some Aussie and respect to them. Um because reading and writing is it can be a, a tough one for people out there. I reckon someone just read it once and we went and just called it a Guernsey. I just reckon someone just said Guernsey by mistake. It's like when I said sackle, you know, in one of our yeah. first live things, right? I meant tackle for a loss and sack. I was thinking both things in my head. I said sackle, it stuck. I think I've just said boom, boom instead of booing, boom or whatever it is and then <laughs> boing, boom, and now he's going to be called boom, boom. You know, sometimes you just say something, it sticks. That's what I reckon it was. No, I, I just think it's really funny because the AFL, and I looked it up like, I'm not an AFL supporter. I don't think you are either because we're in New South Wales, more of a down south uh, Victoria thing, thing. But the AFL started in like 1855 or something like that or whatever or whatever it was, like like back in the day. So do you want a fun fact, right? So in my, when, I did, when I did my uni degree, I specialized in sport and the law. Did you know that the real football globally – is actually AFL because it was the first registered football league code. So around the world. So even football with soccer, the first registered – now, yes, soccer existed, but the first registered league at the time and from everything I could pull up when I went back and looked at the incorporation of sport was actually the AFL. And was that not – excuse me, was that 18, uh, 1855 or something? Yeah, it was pretty early 1800s. Around, yeah. that, around that time, yeah. it was like the guys with the mustaches and like the old hats and the, yep. the black and white photos, and they, they played the game of AFL. It's been going for so many years. Uh, I don't think they, were, they wore Guernseys back then, but I just think uh, maybe as an American listener, Guernsey just sounds super funny, doesn't it? Even as an Australian listener, that's just like, why do we call them that? Um, what's, what's, what's your word? Uh, this week, <laughs> so, so I've got one which I don't know. I actually don't know if it's slang or not. I just think it's a word that we use a lot, so I wanted to bring it up. As I've actually got two because I thought about Chase Claypool this week in the bar, right? So I thought thought he got up to a few shenanigans, as we like to yeah. say down under, a few shenanigans. Um, so it just means when you get up to a bit of mischief or what have you. I think that's a pretty much like. Like, it's a pretty universal word, I think, if you look it up. But we like to just say a bit of shenanigans down under. And then the other one, because I was talking to Bad on the phone yesterday, and he said um, he said something like, I don't mean to kick him in the balls or something like that. And I said, oh, yeah, the Jats crackers. And he went, the what? And I was like, <laughs> the Jats crackers. You know what the Jats crackers are? So 
you know, if you cop a knock to the um to the male the male genitalia region, um, it was once seen on live sport in Australia, and they went, oh, he got hit in the Jats crackers, he got hit in his nuts, um, and Jats crackers literally, if you Google them, they're just this normal like average biscuit that you put a block of cheese on or a bit of cabanossi or something like that at a party, whatever. Um, the brand is Jats, and they're a cracker, and it just. <laughs> It just well, stuck, that, and, and we caught the Jets crackers. So, you know, you're popping up to the Jets crackers. That's one thing as well. A lot of things in Australia, we call a lot of things just by their brand. So we call it like Jets, and you know, they're like, that's, or do you want, you know, that, that means you're just going to have that. But we don't really say, do you want some crackers? We just call it what it is. Like with Coke, like we say, maybe in America, do you want a soda? Do you want a pop? We're like, do you want a Coke? And that could mean anything. But the biggest <laughs> one, the, anything. The biggest one that I find that with when I'm in the States is Band-Aid, right? So they say, oh, do you have like a plaster or whatever? We just say Band-Aid. Like even if you're going to buy a different brand, and even I buy the Elastoplast ones that aren't even Band-Aid, like they're not even brand name. But like I guess it's like with Americans with Kleenex though. Like you don't say can I have a tissue or whatever. You say can I have a Kleenex. Yeah, it's just super funny. Like a few shows ago I did with the suburbs and we called one of our major shopping centres the suburb, and it's never called what it is. No one in the entire world of the Central Coast calls the Westfield Shopping Centre Westfield Shopping Centre. They call it Tugra, which is the suburb. And you're going, are you going to go to Tugra? And you're like, yeah, sure, I'm going to go get something to eat. But that's interesting, Mark, because if if whilst that's the case for you guys up there, when I lived in different parts of Sydney and there have been the different Westfields, like you might say, oh, I'm going up to Westfield, and people just assume because of the area you're in, then they do automatically know which Westfield you're going to. It's not like it's like I'm going to Miranda Westfield or I'm going to Chatswood Westfield or whatever it is. I'm just going to Westfield. And actually, because there's Westfields in the United States as well, I think most people would be surprised to know that Westfield started down under by the Frank Lowy family, who are big funders of, of soccer in Australia. Um, and it actually started as a corner store in inner Sydney like 70 years ago. It's a pretty fun fact that then and it's been sold off and they've acquired companies and whatever and and now they're pretty much sold to all of it. So all the Westfields in the United States and and I think the UK are all a different group now. But yeah, pretty fun fact that Westfields globally started. Um, yeah, Westfield started as a corner store in Sydney like so, seventy years ago. So it started here, and I, I guarantee the one in the one in Tugra is the only one in the world that does not pronounce Westfield. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. No one on the coast here says, I'm going to Westfield today. They wouldn't come out of their mouth. It'd be harder to say that bu- the Bungles are going to win a Super Bowl than it would be to say that. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good That's a pretty good sling in the slang segment. I'm, I'm happy with that one. I'm yeah. feeling like we're getting our rules <laughs> on. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next part of, part of part two for this week's show. Updated still draft needs. Um, as we talked about earlier, and, and it feeds into this theme of expecting a different 2021 I think when we talk about those 13 players, the Steelers draft needs are changing to a degree. Mark, the first thing I want to bring up is Michael Beck's got an, an article right now up on behindsteelcurtain.com, um, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, we're on the, all the YouTube and audio side of, of behindsteelcurtain.com where he's suggesting, and I don't disagree, it could happen, that the Steelers can wait to draft a running back till round two. Now, right now, we look at the top running backs on the board. You're looking at Najee Harris. You're looking at Travis Etienne. You're looking at Javante Williams. And then there's probably a bit of a gap after that in terms of the next guys. You might be a Gainwell, um, a Jamar Jefferson, those sorts of guys. 
Do you think, though, Mark, we can really rate weight if running back is where they want to go? And considering Art Rooney's comments this week, the importance of the running back, um, you know, for the Matt Canada offense, no matter what that looks like, you know, yes, and I think the thing we've got to think about is James Connor could be brought back on the cheap because there's clearly no market for him. Do you really think we can wait till pick 55 to go get the future of the running back position for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Short answer. And I've changed my mind a little bit over the last... Actually, these podcasts helped me change my mind, which is good. Um, yes, I think they can. Because I know that now we've lost a few people on defense. What about we went in and we got the Steelers got a defensive playmaker and he's going to change the game. There's still defense to be played on the football field. Now, if he can change the game and be an immediate impact, we can maybe we can get someone who can still run the ball on the other side and have a shorter field. Uh, I know we all want that flashy player at running back. But if we brought someone in, um, you know, middle linebacker help to, to help out that defense even more, I'm not saying draft a corner. I'm saying someone up front, someone who can really affect the line, uh, who can affect the quarterback. That kind of guy that can help our defense because we have lost a lot of key players, improve it, then, yeah, sure, wait to get a, to, to get a running back. But if you know, you, you know your guy at running back and he's going to be your guy for the next four, four years and he's going to hopefully run the ball further than three yards and has a bit of bit of ticket to him, has a bit of heart, um, can run run behind this O-line, go and get him. But, yeah, I'm definitely not a, not a draft expert. Uh, even putting them into, into the, the Steelers' shoes, imagine, imagine trying to figure out, like, imagine if you're a boss and you're trying to hire um, a team, but also at the same time, 31 other teams are trying to hire the same people and they would go. Like, it must be, like, it's such a such a crazy experience. That's why it's so enjoyable to watch because when – when draft people, or when they get drafted, you're like, oh, I thought he was going to go at 16. The next minute, you're like, it changes everything. So um, I, I, I trust the, the organization to, to do what they want, they want to do. Did it with Claypool last year, uh, with Highsmith as well, and even Dotson to a certain extent. Last year's draft, when you really look at it, there's some key players in there. McFarlane too. McFarlane, if he has a good, good year this year, that's going to be one of the, be the best drafts we've had in a long time. Yeah, it's yeah, look, it's an interesting one. And I, I go back to something that James Galway, who's in the live chat, said much earlier in the show, and I and I wrote it down because I wanted to bring it up. And it's pretty hard to sometimes bring up some of the live chats once once we get through because they get rolling and there's always different debates and conversations going on, which is awesome when you're in the live chat. Um, and it's how Mark and I you know started out in terms of the BTSC journey. Um, and he sort of said, We just need a running back that can actually allow confidence when you're running, you know, third and one. On third and one, what if the Steelers ran it? You know, it would be a miracle. If, if who, who was this guy? Who is he in the live chat? Or like, like James Galway here. James, James mate, Galway. mate, definitely, Maddie. You can go on with this, but that's, we need that. We need the fullback to push up, and I don't even know something. So this is the the one guy, <laughs> the one guy that for me, um, and we're going to move into Q and A. So get your questions ready. So within the next couple of minutes, we're going to move full into Q and A. We want you to. Firing thick and fast and want to get through as many as possible. I think to close this part off about a running back, I'm open to them getting a running back now in round one. If you 100% are confident and people go, well, everyone won't draft pick you 100% confident, the Steelers could not have been 100% confident in Arnie Burns or Terrell Edmonds, pure and simple, because the guys that they wanted to draft got picked earlier. Um, but if Travis Etienne or even Javante Williams, you think that they're the next guy, get them purely so that you can have that fifth-year option at the running back position, right? You just close it out. You go, right, for the next five years, you're going to predominantly be the guy. But if I'm 
if I'm really going to wait till round two, Javante Williams ain't going to be there. I promise you. Javante Williams ain't going to be there at 55. You're going to have to trade up to get him. So I really like the idea of Trey Sermon um, out of, I think he's Ohio State. Um, I think he's someone that will get drafted somewhere in that early third, late second, potentially even later, mid-third, that will then prove to be one of the top three or four over the course of their career. So that's where I'd like to see them go. I just think it's going to be really interesting. I think Sen is still a priority, but as I say, I think you can fill that with experience. Um, it then comes down to tackle and inside linebacker. There's a few different options there. Um, but I'm really, I'm a big fan of Cameron McGrone out of um, Michigan, who's young. He's 21, not a lot of experience, but if you go get him in the th- late third, early fourth um, and not inside linebacker position, I think that will help Devin Bush. Um, so I don't necessarily think you need to get that Zayvon Collins or that Nick Bolton um, a pick 24, but that's how I'm feeling at the moment. Um, but yeah, let's open up some, from some Q and a from, from the live chat because yeah, I really want to get into lots of that. Um, so bring us your questions. Just before we get into the questions, but guys shoot out the questions now, but just to end on that, I would like to see with the running back, some competitive vibes in that, in that, um, that back room. I want to see two people who really want to go for the number one spot who want to carry this team and be a true Pittsburgh Steeler, that competition, that fiery competition is going to fire up our, our, our offense. So if it is Snell with a new guy coming in um, from the draft, those two blokes got to fire up and fight for number one. That's what I want to see. I want to see two big dogs go for it. So Portner on the YouTube side says, why are there no players from the NRL in the, in the NFL International Pathway Program for 2021? There are two Austrians, zero Australians. Maybe BT, BTSC should have a Hans and Franz show from Salzburg. Hans and Franz? No, when, I don't know who would get to do that one. Our bag's, being, our bag's being Hans. <laughs> I'll be Franz. Um, I'm just, that's an awful accent. Um, but interestingly, Mark and my team in the NRL, the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, go the Mighty Sea Eagles, uh, zero from three now, probably going to get the wooden spoon for the first time. Um, that's when you come last. And they've got a player on their squad. Um, oh, man. I mean, ah, uh, Paseca. Daniel, I think it's Daniel Paseca. Anyway, Paseca actually got offered a futures contract from the Colts last year during the pandemic. Um, and his wife was pregnant at the time or his partner was pregnant at the time. So he chose not to take it. And the Steelers offered him. I'm sorry, the Steelers. They should have offered him a futures contract. But the Manly Seagulls offered him a couple more years worth of worth of deal there. And he didn't want to pass that up with his with his pregnant partner. So that could have been a guy through the pathway program. But yeah, it is interesting um, because we know it's growing in popularity down under. But Matty, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Could we just appreciate that? That must be comment of the week. That, was that is probably really the comment of the week. That was pretty Port, – Port Nequebba, you've done your job. You've made two Aussies laugh. That was really funny. Uh, I don't know where you pulled that from, but, uh, yeah, our, our Manly Seagulls are uh, zero and three. Uh, we've never had the wooden spoon. I don't think we'll get it. We just got to – We've never had it. Uh, I, st- I, don't I don't think know, we'll get I don't it. Know what they, I don't know what they're going through, but, you know, it's not Manly Seagulls talk, which, you know, it almost could be. Um, but yeah, Portner, Quimber, for, for my liking, I'm actually creating a lot of big boards now with all different power rankings, but Portner – You've got common of the week, hundred <laughs> percent. Mark's just creating awards. <laughs> Everyone gets it. You, it's Oprah. You get an award, and you get an award. <laughs> but no, it is an awesome comment. I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from that. Um, big plus, uh, awesome stuff. 1983 on YouTube says the big plus on Javante over Harris's age, less wear and tear. Completely agree. This is why they need to do something in terms of the NCAA in terms of compensating RBs with how much. Um, 
they put their bodies through at the college level. Um, how the Harris has proven he can carry the load. Javante split carries. I liked. I, I mean, for me, Mark, I'm on the Javante side of things. I know Eddie N would be awesome in a Canada offense from from seeing what guys like Jeffrey Benedict and KT Smith have put together. I just think Javante with that run, like within the passing game as well. I just think the less wear and tear. I do think you do have to split carries, even if you do have a bell cow um, under this system. I don't know. For me, it's Javante, but in the, in terms of these three. But how about you? Uh, let me just Google and see what Adam Adam Schefter says. I I don't know, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea about the, the drafts. I'm trying. I just like to. But would you prefer? Would you prefer a, a, a running back? that's a bit younger, a bit less proven versus a player that's like done heaps at the collegiate level, bit of wear and tear. Like, would you prefer, it's yeah. like, would you, I, I want, guess it's kind of like, do you want to get a Saquon Barkley who then cops a few hits and then he's out injured? Or do you want a guy that's going to like come on and, and do his thing and do it, you know, that sort of thing like a Jonathan Taylor, I guess, from the Colts or someone like that. I know they're not comparison play for play, but. I, I want to see someone who's a running back who wants to learn, who knows that they're, they're, they are a rookie. They're not the best thing. Um, they may be fast. They may have a good head on their shoulders, but they, they go into that Steelers team and they appreciate what the culture is and they, they want to make the Steelers better. But they also know their rank and they know where, where they are. They're not straight away number one. They're not the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, they're going to that locker room. They're trying to, you know, they're meeting Cam, they're meeting Big Ben saying hello to all those guys and they just want to do their part. And if their part is for that year, getting 300 or 400 yards and that's their goal, but, and a team goal for the Super Bowl. but if their individual goals is to get a touchdown or to get things like that improvement, because we all know uh, with the Steelers, uh, with the running game, like you said, it with the colleges, they do bash their heads for three or four years, but you can't just go all out because I reckon Saquon Barkley did get roughed up a fair bit. Um, in the New York Giants, and you see it with um, a lot of a lot of blokes like Todd uh, Gurley and uh, a few of those other guys. They just get run into walls. So, yeah, I think you just got to know your place and, and and run the ball your best you can, and just just follow your coaches and um, and don't go with a big head of steam straight away and say you're going to be the best thing um, ever. Basically, um, boing boom Shizak. Yeah, I probably got that right that time. In <laughs> the first five picks, the Steelers lean offense. This is a great question, actually. Yeah. This is an awesome question. Um, Portland might have got, um, you know, the, the fun question. I, I do like this from a draft question. And how are they going to do it? Are they going to go three and two or are they going to go four and one? I think they're going to try and split it. I think they're probably going to go three and two offensive, just given what they need on the offensive line and RB. If there's a great wide receiver sitting there, it makes sense. Um, I can't see them going 4-1 on offense. I could see them going 4-1 on defense if there's a bunch of guys that are left because everyone's just picking off the quarterbacks, the, the great running, the three or four great running backs, the five or five to seven great wide receivers and, and, and you know, the top sort of six tackles um, or guards and centers. I, I could see it going on the defensive side, but I think that's like a 5% out of 100 kind of thing. What about you, Mark? 100%. Uh, I'm going another even split as well. I, I, right now, like I said before, I, I wanted to see an O-line, but we've also um, bought a lot of free agents for the O-line. Um, I'm a defensive guy. I'm wearing Troy. I, I watched his highlights the other day. I would like to see another defensive guy be a playmaker and really take ownership of that team and help big uh, Devin Bush there. So, yeah, someone like that will maybe lean more on the defense. But we do need help on the offense as well, get the running backs and maybe some O-line guys there. 
we got Snowman here too, Matt. Do you want to? Yeah, I was going to bring up Snowman. Up? They were going in yeah. order, but you go, go, Mark. So Snowman here, uh, five dollars, and I, I think I think the the dollar's coming back up. So we're almost about. <laughs> it might be worth about uh, six dollars in Australia or something similar. Do the Steelers draft a center? Big question. Or do we sign a free agent? This is all you, Maddie. What do you think? I think think you're gonna you've kind of got the answer in what they've done so far. I know um some responded to me in the live chat before and sort of said they're gonna wait to sign a center till um the season gets closer after the preseason. I've just there's this part of me, the cynic in me says with the 55 with the 24th pick, the Steelers select Landon Dickerson and we have this another project at center. I'll be furious if they do that. I don't like the injury history there. I agree with Jeff Hartman. I, I think that the there's not many center grade, there's not many, you know, top two round center grades out there. And there for me, you're overreaching. I really like the play of Trey Hill um, out there from I think it's Georgia. He can play center, guard. I'd love to see what that looks like. You know, we turned Demonic Dawson from a guard into a center. Uh, I just don't think I think there's other, you know, in the first and second round, you've got to bring them players that could start right away. Um, or, or ready to go if something happens. There's some talent. Why? I always think about it. It's, it goes back to what I said in in one of the first cat rooms before it became war room. You've got to be fearful when others are being greedy, and be greedy when others are being fearful. I think here where everyone's distracted, as I said just before, drafting the the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the the tackles. Who can we go out and pick? And that's why I feel like we're leaning toward a Zayvon Collins or someone like that at 24 um, over a center. I just don't think Creed Humphrey and Dickerson are going to be sitting there at 55. I've even got questions whether Dickerson's worth a 55 pick. So I think if they're going to do anything, it probably is going to be a free agent, but it will be a while. I think that was the right comment. And um, forgive me for not remembering who brought that up. Um, but you can't go into the season with BJ Finney as your starting center. Sorry. Awesome. Um, moving down the list. Um, but don't we need a true number one right now that is proven? I'm going to suggest that that's from Awesome Stuff 1983 there. <clears throat> I am, I'm I'm thinking he means right now running back. Um, that That is an interesting point there in terms of whether we draft that more, you know, prospect potential um, over someone like a Najee Harris. I just worry. I just worry that we're not going to have the gaps for Harris, and I do worry that necessarily he's going to want to do more running than doing things in the passing game. But that's that's just the way I see it. Uh, Donald Nolan, what round do you see the Steelers drafting CB? Thoughts on Asante Samuel or JC Horn? Um, oh my go first on this one. Asante Samuel is a real athlete. Um, I think you. I definitely think the Steelers could be drafting Asante Samuel in round three, the first of. Um, I think it was only, they didn't get the compensatory one in the round three, but I think he's someone you could easily see him draft in round three. If JC Horn's available there at twenty four, look. Any time if the Steelers draft a cornerback in round one, <laughs> everyone's going to criticize it. But after seeing his pro day and seeing some of the analysis that came out of that. JC Horn is a real athlete. Um, and and he can do some stuff there. He's plug and play, ready to go. That's that's pretty awesome. However, if you look at with Steven Nelson leaving and then um, you know, Cameron Sutton steady, stepping up and being 85% of the player at like 23% of the cost or whatever it was, it was brought up on the um, it was the preview this week with uh Dave, Jeff, and um and Bad. 
I like the idea of bringing in Asante Samuel because you can give him time to learn and fit into his role and you don't have to spend around one draft pick on him. But that's just how I'm feeling at the moment. But Mark, in your side, are you would you prefer the Steelers to draft, even if he's a top cornerback, would you prefer the cornerback to be drafted in round one or round, round three? Oh, look at that, Matty. It's, it's almost gone an hour. I think we're almost out of time. We've got five I'm, minutes, I'm mate. <laughs> I might, might have to delay this question. I'm not too sure if I can answer. Look, once again, the guys, I am not a draft guy. I don't know anything about the draft. I go for what Maddie says. I go for what the guys say from BTSC. So go follow those guys um, online and through YouTube. Uh, I almost feel like for me being the draft guy right now, I'm the second quarterback, the stringer, that's sitting there and pretending to call plays and helping out Big Ben. Um, that's the guy that I'm playing right now. Uh, like I said, I, if, if they draft a corner, it's got to be later, though. It can't be, it can't be up front. I know it can't be a guy like, uh, Huddy Burns or someone like that. Yeah, so for me, for me and my thoughts, really, I'm just the guy sitting back and just appreciating what Maddie's doing in, in the, uh, all through the, the war room and, the, and the, the stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> but would you rather a guy that could start and you know, at cornerback, given all the changes at cornerback now with Hilton and, and Nelson leaving, would you rather a guy that can work his way into the lineup that might be potentially a bit bigger, um, offer a bit more once he gets used to the the NFL style of play? Not at corner. I don't think you see a guy at corner coming in straight away and, and, and being fully dominant or actually with the Steelers anyway. Um, I would prefer to him to sit back and now the guys have been two or three years into the league now at corner. we got um, uh, James, is it Pierre? Yeah. Um, yeah, we got him there. We did lose Nelson. So, yeah, I don't think – because if you're going to draft someone like that, they've got to be in the top – have to be a special talent, right, to be maybe the top 15 to be a starter. So I don't think if you draw, uh, draft somebody, you're going to put them in the starter at the back end at all. Um, and then Awesome Stuff 1983 brings up, if you are the GM, what position do you address first? Mark, what do you want to see? Well, mine's starting to flip, so I was on the O-line, but... I really like the idea of the defense, and I think it's got to be someone to fill that role uh, where Vince William was and to someone to help out Bush. Like, we need someone to who can have a, a double trouble in that middle middle zone of the Steelers' defense. And if he's an athletic middle linebacker to help out Bush and TJ's going to go off and Haywood's going to go off, someone who's sitting there, and I know it's Colin has been brought up a few times, but there could be another bloke that they're interested in. And whoever can help that defense out there, is going to help the Steelers' whole team. And maybe we can get that running back a bit after. Like you said, the the, the other blokes, I can't remember who, who you said, <laughs> to be honest. But a few of those blokes are running back. We can get them in the, in the later rounds and, and focus on the defense. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a hard one, awesome stuff, because uh, like it depends whether you want to trade up and get someone as well. If Samuel Cosme from the Texas Longhorns, and I'm not just saying that as a Longhorns fan – like is available sitting there at twenty at twenty four. I, th- I think he's a hard one to pass up. I think he, you can plug and play straight away with him. Um, I mean, if I was the GM, and I and I, uh, it's hard because we don't know what Big Ben's doing there. I'd be trading. I uh, quite honestly, I'd be going right up there, and I'd be trying to get Rashawn Slater or um over Penny Sewell. Rashawn Slater can play guard. He can play tackle. He's you know an, an incredible player there. Um, probably a little bit behind still Werfs and Becton from last year, um, but but he can play. I'd go up to him because you're going to shore up that offensive line for the next five years no matter who you bring in, right? And then imagine a, a, a 
that sort of attack where you can have Mason standing back there. But, you know, I know that sounds like heresy. But so I, I think that's a, it's an interesting question. If this, as I said, if they're picking at 24, if Cosme is available, go get Cosme. Um, I think he's a bit more proven for what I like out of him out of that tackle position. But agree with Mark. Like if, if you can go get a Zayvon Collins there and improve the defense, then fantastic. Um, I want to bring up Donald Nolan's other points there. I'd be happy to see this. He says he'd be happy to see Steelers move up to get Samuel. His dad was legit. Um, he's got a leg up on other CBs. I agree with you, Donald. And that was some of the analysis coming out of his pro day. But I think you can move up if you see cornerbacks start to be picked off. I think you can move up in round two. I don't think you need to use a round one on him. Um, and that feeds into what Mark Firestorm says on the YouTube side in the live chat. All the best corners will be gone by pick 24. With Caleb fairly going through the extra surgery, that might not necessarily be the case, but I, I think it is quite probable at the same time. But I think this is good. the draft's going to throw some surprises. I think a lot of the mock drafts we're seeing across NFL.com, other networks, other pundit sites are all starting to look very similar in the terms of these top 30-ish players and in terms of who they're going to pick or top 35 and there's guys that fall in and out of that first round. The draft always throws up some surprises. There were trades this week. There could be more trades coming. You know, that'll really, I think, wait for the next sort of, uh, get through Easter, and I think you'll start to see some boards move around a little bit there as well. Um, Trey Briggs should pit trade up in the first to draft Micah Parsons um, out of Penn State to pair with Bush. That's a great question on the Facebook side. Look, if if you get if it gets to pick number twelve, um, and I've got to go through the orders then and redo um, now that that trades happen and look at who was going to pick where. But if you see a pick twelve, Micah Parsons not done yet, like you know he hasn't been picked yet. Gosh, imagine trading up to get a guy like that, a pure athlete. You can stick him anywhere in that linebacking position. Um, that could be incredible. Um, I just, as I said, I don't know. You're going to have to use capital from next year. Then you are relying on us getting the compensatory picks. I, if, if a team wants picks from this year, I won't do it because we need to fill a lot of different spots um, unless you're talking like a six round and that's not going to help you in terms of the, the trade formula. Um, Mark, is this how you'd be feeling from WHH? WHH says, I'd be happy with the draft at the end of the day if there are at least four quality starters by the end of the season. That's that's a bit, we only had three last year, so that's um, that's a big pass mark um, for Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, and Mike Tomlin. 100%. And like, even in the, the, the fan perspective in me as well, is like, if you get a guy with a cool name, then you got a cool jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, like, I'm wearing Paul Army right now. It, everyone knows that name because he's a crazy once in a lifetime player. Uh, and I think we got him, like we traded up him to get, was he top 10? Well, he was pretty high, wasn't he? We we traded up him, didn't we? I Which, can't remember. Bush, 10. No, yeah, we traded for, up. Uh, for Troy. What did we, did we trade up for Troy? We did trade up for Troy. Um, yeah. Oh, how many spots was it? I'm drawing a mental blank. Oh, it's been I too long. It, was it 10 or 12 anyway? Like, yeah, it was something like that. Awesome name. Great player. Get a guy like that and you've got a great jersey for the next. That's this is This is the jersey that would never go out of fashion. Everyone on my Steelers Nation Australia page, Troy is just the, the, the guy. Mate, get a guy I got a like Mitchell and Ness throwback one, you know. Yeah. Um, get a player like him. I wish I could go back in time and watch him from, you know, I, I, I didn't, I was younger. I didn't really understand football back then. So I only really got to see him around 2008 or nine was when he started. But that was probably one of his best years as well. 
And I'm just to close it out, Donald Nolan, is Sutton a lock for starter at cornerback, or do they draft a cornerback? Do you think it'd be competition between Sutton, Pierre Lane, and draft pick for starting CB opposite Hayden? From my perspective, yes, I think it is. Then Pierre, I think you're not going to see much of Lane. I think Lane's playing out his rookie contract with him. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a future at the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll probably get picked up by the Browns or the or the Bengals, um, given his Ohio background. And yeah, that'll be it for him. I, I think they've just tried to get a big, fast guy and it's not really worked. And he doesn't offer you an incredible amount extra on special teams. How about you, Mark? The key word there is for, for all those blokes, and I, what I want to see is the competitive drive. Same with the, the CB uh, depth. We've got uh, Hayden there. Uh, Sutton might be number two. But uh, James Pierre, he's a he's, he's a guy that, you know, was he undrafted? Uh, I think he was undrafted. Yeah, he was undrafted. The, yep. He's wearing number 42, I think, if that might be correct. Um, and those those players or those numbers don't normally make a starting, starting squad. So if he can maybe go for the number two spot or, or – you know, make his name worthy for the Steelers. It, this year, I'm all I'm just buying in on. They need to be competitive and really show um, the other teams and the media who the Steelers are this year in 2021. That's that's exactly it, Mark. That is 100 it. And look, Steelers fans, that wraps up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. Um, we're working on a guest, which you might have seen on Twitter. We're working on bringing him in for for April. Um, his name is Tone Diggs. Um, Pat McAfee show, awesome guy, massive Steelers fan. We're working on whether we can bring him in. I'm hoping that's possible. He's hoping that's possible from what I can gather from messages as well. Once we know, we'll give you the heads up on that one. But look, there's some awesome content coming out across behind the steel curtain, whether it's across the YouTube side, the audio side, the website. It's just, it's got everything you need, whether it's the free agents, the prospects for, for 2021 for the team, whether it's draft picks, it's going to be a really interesting next couple of weeks, especially as we go through this Easter period. There's some cool eyes on the phone with Bad yesterday as well, just discussing a few things. There's some awesome content coming up through April, May that's a bit different as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, have a great weekend from Ma- Matty P and Marky D. Mark, close it out. Go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.